a group of soft-bodied marine gastropod mollusks. Uh-huh. There you go. Gotta be all which apparently shed their shells after their larval stage. So huh. are they sea slugs or... Naked sea snails. Yes. Also, should we now call them soft-bodied marine gastropod mollusk? <laughs> you guys checking out some soft-bodied marine gastropod mollusks? <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> um... My goodness gracious. Welcome to Super Duper Stitches. <laughs> the paranormal podcast about the science of the spooky and strange. I am Wyatt. I am Jake. And as you are hearing our voices, it can only mean one thing. We're back again. <laughs> a thing you cannot help but point out. And it cannot help but be true every time. I love things that I cannot get wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I meant to ask, um, do, you, do you like my shirt, Wyatt? Jake is currently wearing a shirt that says dinosaurs are still alive. I ride them to work. <laughs> I guess I misspelled. Oh, wait. Super duper stitches. Yes. <laughs> My bad. I got this very sexy shirt with a very sexy logo on it uh, from superduperstitches.com slash shop. You can be like me in terms of the shirt I am wearing by going That's there. That's right. You can be like Jake in every possible way with regards to what shirt he is wearing currently. <laughs> <laughs> By simply going to superduperstitious.com slash shop. And you could even get a little spookier with it. You could get a hoodie. Mm-hmm. You could get even scarier than a hoodie. You get the racerback tank top. We have altogether too many different uh, designs you can choose from and too many colors to choose from for each design, too. So different products, different designs for each product, different colors for each design. It's uh, a cacophony of options. Just a reminder that you can wear that noise <laughs> about these boys. Did you say speaking of boys, this is a perfect segue. <laughs> Shut up, Jake. Perfect segue for me. Um, it's good to remember today that scary ghostly babies eventually grow into radiant boys, <laughs> which sounds like maybe an 80s band, but it is my topic for today. Which I have not set the table for, which is ghost babies, I guess. What were yeah, we doing? I think I said I said creepy babies was what creepy, I said last week. Creepy with- babies. Uh, I will say this was a hard one to find something for without looking at medical horrors. I maybe regret this prompt. It was very. Uh, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll come up with something. I'm sure kids are creepy, and then I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it was. It was uh, more frightening to find the topic than actually read about it, Uh, but here we are. Uh, So to set the scene, it's my my turn to go first. To set the scene for my section today, because it's not an episode, Mm -hmm. we can turn to Angeline Schmid. You started to turn your computer when you said that? I thought she was there in the room with you. (laughs) I didn't turn my computer. What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, Angeline Schmid, who offers the invitation on her blog, quote, like history, fall in love with it. With a header picture of a blonde woman wearing blue jeans and a black tank top, which I'm guessing is the titular Angeline, throwing herself off a cliff as she faces a castle in the clouds in the distance. (laughs) And I'm guessing she uh, survived the fall. There is something particularly disturbing about the association of children with the supernatural. The Reverend Richard Harris Barham who lived from 1788 to 1845, mentioned the spectral phenomenon known as the Radiant Boy in his famous Inglesby (laughs) Legends, published in 1837. In the tale of the Radiant Boy, a family's young son is obsessed with the spirit of a boy, pale and crying, who wanders the manor's grounds. His mother tells him it is nothing. Quote, The linden tree is straight and tall, its leaves are fresh and fair, but there's no little boy at all. No pretty boy is there. <laughs> Which, as we all know, all mothers speak in rhyming couplets <laughs> with internal rhymes. And iambic pentameter. Yes, the most motherly of rhythms. <laughs> uh, later in the story, the narrator notes how the mother's cheek is a little red, her voice <laughs> losing its customary tone. She knew the legend of the radiant boy. She knew he was a portent of bad luck and violent death. <laughs> so, Jake, your thoughts so far? Uh, I have nothing to add. It's all totally tracks to me. <laughs> yeah. Also, I did look up uh, the blog, and yeah, she is fully just diving off a cliff towards that <laughs> castle. <laughs> it it called to mind 
I'm embarrassed at the reference I'm going to make now, but I look forward to it. Far yeah, far back in my history in middle school, there was a Corn, the band Corn album mm-hmm. uh, with kids like running towards a cliff. It oh. has very much a similar composition to that. <laughs> I just like that her posture in this is kind of like she is an old timey cartoon who has smelled a pie. It's true, and it's just floating by her nose through the air. She is, in some ways, being whisked away by the sweet smell of freshly made history <laughs> that will safely, I'm sure, carry her to what looks like an abomination of architectural styles <laughs> uh, smashed into the shape of a castle. Yes. I'll carry on. The Radiant Boy phenomenon primarily originates in the lore of Northern England and in Germany, where they are called the Kindermorderin. Uh, said to be the ghosts of children who were murdered by their own mothers. Oh, geez. So, naturally, to see a radiant boy uh, is on par with, let's say, hearing a banshee. Hmm. Bad things around the way. Or a big black dog. Or a big black dog, it's true. Or pretty much anything weird. Yeah, I see guess. something weird, something bad's <laughs> going to happen. The bad thing might be that you saw something weird, so. Exactly. Yeah, bad bad news bears to see these things. Uh, most settings originate in Germany in the 1600s and then fan out to the areas of Cumberland and Northumberland in the northern part of England, along with many German immigrants during the 18th and 19th centuries. There are numerous reports of encounters with these apparitions, which are usually described as looking like glowing young boys, or more rarely, girls, who usually appear nude and swathed in a luminous light that can be a variety of colors. Hmm. By far the most famous case of Radiant Boy... (laughs) <laughs> occurred in september of 1803 came down with a bad case of radiant boy when i was like 12 yeah it's it's a, a definite get out of uh school free card i um, had a uh, scarlet fever when i was 14 sounds like you almost became a radiant boy or maybe 13 um, i don't know middle school maybe a little too old you were just about to be a luminous teen i suppose yes <laughs> um in yes september 1803 corby castle in cumbria england which was the ancestral home of the powerful Howard family. One room of this castle was so creepy, apparently, that a description even made its way into the Howard family logs, Hmm. um, which describe, I must observe that it is by no means remote or solitary, being surrounded on all sides by chambers that are constantly inhabited. Hmm. It is accessible by a passage cut through a wall eight feet in thickness. Damn. Which is some wildness <laughs> and its dimensions are 21 by 18 one side of the wainscoting is covered with tapestry the remainder is decorated with old family pictures and some ancient pieces of embroidery probably the handiwork of nuns over a press which has doors of venetian glass is an ancient oaken figure with a battle axe in his hand which was one of those formerly placed on the walls of the city of Carlisle to hmm. represent guards. There's a lot of details. Yeah. There used to also be, there used to be also, oh God, there used to be also an old-fashioned bed and some dark furniture in this room, but so many were the complaints of those who slept there that I was induced to replace some of these articles of furniture by more modern ones in the hope of removing a certain air of gloom, which I thought might have given rise to the unaccountable reports of apparitions and extraordinary noises which were constantly reaching us. But I regret to say, I did not succeed in banishing the nocturnal visitor, which still continues to disturb our friends. Wow. So, if you could understand that, (laughs) they had a dark and spooky room that they tried to liven up, and it didn't work. (laughs) <laughs> um, people still thought they saw spooky stuff inside, which... But just imagine them replacing all this really cool old, like, castle furniture with, with Ikea, like Ikea stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was the first thought that came into my mind, yeah. too, reading this. I also just love the idea of whatever must have looked like an ancient bed in, like, 1803. Yeah. And they're modernizing it with beds that we would probably think look like torture devices by today's standards. <laughs> yeah. It was in this room that a Reverend Henry of Redburg visited with his wife for the evening, drifting off to sleep as a fire roared in the fireplace to keep the chill at bay. He would write of the events that followed in his journal, saying, Soon after we went to bed, we fell asleep. (laughs) The end. 
The very next day. Yeah. <laughs> um, it might be between. Uh, sorry, allow me to continue. <clears throat> it might be between one and two in the morning when I awoke. I observed that the fire was totally extinguished, but although that was the case and we had no light, I saw a glimmer in the center of the room, which suddenly increased to a bright flame. Mm. I looked out, apprehending that something had caught fire, when, to my amazement, I beheld a beautiful boy clothed in white, (laughs) with bright locks resembling gold, standing by my bedside, in which position he remained some minutes, fixing his eyes upon me with a mild and benevolent expression. He then glided gently towards the side of the chimney, where it is obvious there is no possible egress, and entirely disappeared. I found myself again in total darkness, and all remained quiet until the usual hour of rising. 355, just kidding. <laughs> I, declare this to, I declare this to be a true account of what I saw at Corby Castle upon my word as a clergyman. Mm. Another radiant boy, <laughs> so-called blue boy, oh. resides in a different border fortress, this one in Northumberland. Chillingham Castle has a long history, originally a monastery back in the 12th century, then a strategic location in medieval times, when it played a major role in the battles between England and Scotland, and then in more recent years was used as an army barracks for the Second World War. In the late 19th century, before the castle was allowed to fall into ruin, apparently, country party guests staying there frequently reported blue flashes, followed by a loud wail in a chamber known as the Pink Room. It is claimed that the hauntings stopped only after renovation work revealed the remains of a young boy inside a 10-foot-thick wall. Jesus. As well as documents dating back to the Spanish Armada. Creepy. Yeah. And also, those walls are unnecessary. Another more sinister case of a radiant boy. How's this going for you so far? Great. I'm digging. Was supposedly experienced by a Lord Castlery, who had once gone by the name of Captain Robert Stewart in his younger days. In this earlier time, he was stationed in Ireland, and one day, the story goes, had been out hunting in the countryside when the weather turned foul. He was, of course, too far to return home, finds a home in the wilderness, and requests shelter for the night. His room was modest with scarcely any furniture and a small fireplace in the corner. He soon drifts off to sleep, and the book Fairy and Folk Tales of the Irish Peasantry by William Butler Yeats continues. Hmm. He believed he had slept about a couple hours when he awoke suddenly and was startled by such a vivid light in the room that he thought it was on fire. Oh. But on turning to look at the grate, he saw the fire was out. Though it was from the chimney, the light proceeded. He sat up in bed trying to discover what it was when he perceived the form of a beautiful naked boy (laughs) surrounded by a dazzling radiance. The boy looked at him earnestly. (laughs) The wording isn't great, but the the tone. I know. And all these people being like these beautiful boys. (laughs) The boy looked at him earnestly and then the vision faded and all was dark. Captain Stewart, so far from supposing what he had seen to be of a spiritual nature, had no doubt that the host or the visitors had been trying to frighten him. Accordingly, he felt indignant at the liberty, and on the following morning, when he appeared at breakfast, much like a ghost himself, he took care to evince his displeasure by the reserve of his demeanor and by announcing his intention to depart immediately. Oh, I love old-timey ways of phrasing things. It's such, like, such, like, roundabout ways of saying oh, shit. incredibly. It's oh great. Oh, my God. I, it is very fun. Yes. But you are kind of like, spit it the frick <laughs> out, <laughs> Billy. William Butler Gates. Yeah, yeah. Um, The original WB. Uh, (laughs) Although he would become a prominent political figure in the following years, Stuart would suddenly see his fortunes dwindle and a great (laughs) many tragedies would befall his family, including his father dying, 
uh, which is how Stuart took up the mantle of Lord Castlery, hmm. second Marquis of Londonderry. Soon after, his older brother would also die in a boating accident. Stuart's fortunes continued to dwindle spectacularly. His health failed him, and his sanity began to slip. Potentially, I read, symptomatic of some form of actual brain disease, hmm. which wound up with him confined to his country house, which was called, and I do wonder if this is a bit, North Cray Place. <laughs> Hard to say. <laughs> In the end, he took his own life in 1822 with a penknife. Mm. Sounds like a bad way to go. Jeez. And all of this, some say, because he saw that darned sexualized boy. <laughs> so what are we dealing with? Jake, what are your thoughts? Uh, sounds like a, a very strange, enchanted boy. Uh, a little shy, a little sad of eye. Very wise. I what do you think? <laughs> um, it sounds like they're bumping into. No, I can't. I can't think of. You know, it's real. <laughs> and there you have it. <laughs> we've got three. We've got three options here. Uh huh. In addition, if we if we so choose, <laughs> one is of course it is a pure fiction. Creepy tales of bad luck, specter type beings are pretty much a. Shared primary Germano-Irish export right alongside cured meats and loving tragic romanticism. <laughs> These are classic tales. They take many shapes, but they all basically have the same dynamic. It's late one night, and you experience something weird, and then everybody around you dies. <laughs> Option B, genuine hallucinations, uh, especially on the part of Captain Stewart, who, as far as I can gather, was real and really did kill himself and really maybe did suffer some form of, uh, you know, mental illness towards the end. Mm -hmm. um, it may also be hand-in-hand -hand with our old friend Sleep Paralysis. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this at length many times on the show, but uh, just a quick recap. We are essentially sleeping with our eyes open. So the lines between the equally truly experienced dream projections and objective bedroom realities blur and often precipitate very frightening experiences. Hmm. And in that light, it's perhaps no accident that radiant boys are most often seen at night and after an initially overwhelming encounter, uh, literally fade from view. Hmm. So perhaps the person is waking up out of sort of a half dream state. Yeah. And as they kind of come to, they go, oh, well, there's nothing here. And option C, didn't quite finish my thought on this one, but perhaps some kind of odd atmospheric phenomena. Hmm. Uh, we've talked about ball lightning on this show before, which may not operate the same way, quite as lightning, and uh, but is very rare and very spontaneous. But witnessed enough to be held as a real phenomenon. <laughs> That's that's about what I got for that. Very interesting. I don't know what else to call it. What um, do you know if I mean this is a question that would be impossible to answer unless it was something that explicitly came up. But do you know how widely any of these stories might have been shared when they occurred for others to say have heard the story before having their own experience? That is a good question. I mean, I would wager widely enough. Let's put it that way, because yeah. it sounds like. They they spread far and wide, at least in okay. Germany and the northern UK. This is a couple a couple of years before the internet, so it would have been a little bit harder to get it out there fast. But just yeah. a few. I suppose it's the kind of story that would spread fast because it's just so fantastical and exciting. Oh, did you hear what so and so? Oh, you saw this this beautiful naked boy, and uh, and that would be the part that would be repeated the most. Of course, the most important part, the and, most tantalizing uh, part. Uh huh. Of course. <laughs> Our show just is immediately on a watch list. <laughs> yeah. We get a bunch. We get a ton of new listeners. Oh, <laughs> They're no. on Washington D.C. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, Radiant Boys. Very good band I, name. Yes, absolutely. Great ghost. Terrible Would be baby. A good thing to if we need if we absolutely had to rename our podcast. I think Radiant Boys would be Radiant <laughs> Boys. Uh -huh. We could still just take the name. We could refer to ourselves as Them Radium Boys. Them Radium Boys, the hottest prepubescent. 
gentlemen. Oh, abort. <laughs> hey, man, if you want to take the name, you got to be ready for the game. Suppose that's true. All right, I, uh, I'm happy with just calling us ourselves. You don't want uh, 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 the ghost wine, of uh, Stuart <laughs> coming back. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Oh, Radiant Boy. There you go. So, yeah, that is a, a very good story that I think totally fulfills the prompt of Creepy Babies in a way that uh, was creepy. And and babies. Creepy in ways we didn't expect. And, and for sure, it was babies. <laughs> um, okay. So, you keep shutting up. Four, four phantoms. <laughs> Boy, oh boy, do we got to talk about them. They are a very cool little brewery in western Massachusetts, not eastern Massachusetts, that... Jake! Am I... Can I... Unshut up now. Okay. Uh, they put together elements such as Dungeons and Dragons and Heavy Metal and Beer to make beer. That is 110% correct. <laughs> We've talked about them before. If this is your first time listening, we've never talked about them. Hmm. I always want to spell their name with a PH when I'm going to check out their site, which is my problem, not theirs. Sometimes I think I've uh, written it out just as an abbreviation in our notes as just FF for Four Phantoms. Oh. Like, oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> four Phantoms, of course, has delicious beer on tap currently that can be purchased through their website or, I believe, curbside at their new location in Greenfield, mm. Massachusetts. At 301 Wells Street in Ooh, Greenfield. Straight up got an address now. That's very exciting. And those beers include Hand of Doom Stout, an mm-hmm. oatmeal stout brewed with robust dark malt, maple syrup, and loads of oats for an extra creamy body. <laughs> so if you're trying to get your body extra creamy, uh, consume those things. Yep. Battle Standard Lager, which has the funky American Equinot hops. American what hops? Equinot. Thank you. And Amarillo, of course. Forget the Amarillo, as they say. <laughs> Bite Back Sour, a blood orange sour brewed with soft pills and malt, and over 10 pounds per barrel of blood orange puree. Extremely refreshing. Mm-hmm. As Jake has mentioned before, if you're contemplating embarking on a sour journey in beer, uh, this is the sweetest place to start. Hey, oh, yeah. how about that? You get that one for free for Phantoms. <laughs> no, it is a very a very smooth, easy to uh, consume sour, as is uh, uh, Purple Potion, a boysenberry sour, blackberry as well in there, uh, with a hint of lavender. Mm. It's got all the stuff you'd want out of uh, a sour beer in, in terms of the tartness, but not so intense that it's going to scare away newbies to it. And I, again said before not a huge fan of floral flavors in my drinks but the lavender is very well balanced in it in a way that is quite nice i w- wouldn't want it without indeed it's good stuff and then of course uh our favorite as we love to keep saying dirt weed it's just such a good ipa oh my god a double ipa double dry hopped with mandarina bavaria and el dorado hops which oh. is probably the magic combo mm-hmm the alley-oop dunk on the tongue. They're unfortunately apparently out of stock online, but Jeez. I think I'll just have to start crying to Drew to mm-hmm. get us some of the some of that good shit. If you don't live near Massachusetts, which statistically you probably don't given the <laughs> possible places you could live in the world and listen to this, you can still help them out by you can buy merch on their shop. We have links in every uh, every episode's description. You can get really cool merch there. Uh, if you do live nearby, you can also sign up there to become a member of their uh, not yet named membership group, which we're we're thinking should be the Four Phantoms Fandom. Yes, or actually, even better, the Four Phantoms Four Fandom. <laughs> even better, you're right. And uh, <laughs> so you can sign up for membership. You get discounts on every pour. You get a nice big cool goblet that they keep there that is yours to use, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just oh, wait, do you get stuff. access to drink from one big cool goblet <laughs> yeah, that all hundred no, of you share other people <laughs> <Yep>. share <laughs> oh boy uh, another way you can support four phantoms from anywhere in the world is by going to untapped 
youtube.com slash four phantoms again linked in the description of every episode and you can leave a nice review for them of any beer you want to just say nice things about it and if you mention us as well we'll read your fun review here on the show and we can't stress enough uh you do not need to do anything more than simply mention that we got you there yeah you don't have to describe episodes you don't have to talk about how awesome we are but we appreciate it even though that is true you don't have to do it we just yes yeah it's just prompting if you do want to tell the world about how cool we are uh do that on itunes or whatever apple Podcasts. i'm like do that on zoom (laughs) 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 do that where jake apple podcasts that's the one and um we can i don't think there's a question mark in the web address (laughs) anyway thanks for phantoms oh god (laughs) (laughs) remove that from the segment (laughs) yes thank you for phantoms back to the show jake take it away now now i shut up so today i'm going to uh, i'm going to lead with a part of a 2019 article from time magazine Mm. thusly Quote, last Thursday, while using a baby monitor to watch her 18-month-old son, Lincoln, sleep. It's a lot of commas there. It's a long name. Yeah. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> My son, Lincoln, sleep. <laughs> uh, go on. Maritza Sibyls or Sibyls. Maritza I think S- I saw this. Go on. Maritza Sibyls. Caught the strange shape of what looked like another baby next to her own. Do you guys see the baby? She recalls asking why it's nodding so hard. So I guess I've, guess I have nothing to, to say. It's over. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you next week. Goodbye. God. Uh, where did I leave it? Do you guys see the baby? She recalls asking fellow mom friends in a Facebook group. Or am I crazy? After sending a picture to her husband, too, who I guess was not in the house with her anymore, <laughs> for, uh, part of the she, problem. she knew it was time for an inspection, and so she, maybe he was working, I don't know, So she, this is the very same night, I guess, so she set out to discover whether it was a puddle of drool or a stain, an uncanny resemblance to a baby, or was something spookier at play. She says, I was trying to be extra careful, I couldn't really do a whole thorough investigation because my son was sleeping. My son, Lincoln, sleep, was sleeping. (laughs) Using her phone's flashlight and feeling around the crib, her expedition was to no avail. I didn't see anything. There was nothing in there, she says. Not even my baby. (laughs) Uh, Still, when Sybils, who lives in the Chicago area, left Lincoln's room and checked out the baby monitor, there it was again. Mm. The ghost baby. It was a whole puzzling kind of night. It was a whole puzzling kind of night, she says. When inquiring with other moms in the Facebook group, Sybils did receive some interesting feedback. I actually had someone on there who was a clairvoyant medium who was telling me that is a spirit. She says someone else told her to go to church because a spirit was haunting her. Mm-hmm. So that was a fun experience she was having. Let's quickly take a look at what she was seeing. Yes, let's. Yeah, here we Oof. go. It is creepy looking. It is. So if you are just hearing about this for the first time, we're looking at a baby monitor cam. There is very clearly a baby sort of... Uh, being monitored. What can I say? Being monitored. And um, next to it, weirdly kind of under the blanket, because the baby's kind of on top of the blanket, it looks like, mm-hmm. there appears to be a screaming baby. <laughs> looking uh, straight into the camera. Yes. Looks very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Upsetting. Quite upsetting. So, what I've got for today, based on the prompt of creepy babies, is uh, creepy <laughs> creepy baby monitors. <laughs> creepy baby monitors. <laughs> Took me a minute. Carry on. Uh, generally, baby monitors have taken the form of what is essentially a constantly active walkie-talkie that you leave in your baby's room at night so that you can more easily hear when the baby intends to prevent you from sleeping. Yes. Exactly. Uh, the very first baby monitor was the radio nurse made by Zenith and released in 1938. That was just a woman who sat in the room with the baby and would yell when something was going wrong, correct? <laughs> yes. Well, she had no, She was sitting there, but she had a little radio uh, microphone she'd speak in. She was like, oh, the baby's waking up. I, I, I was crying. I, I come in here. Um, gotcha. Okay. But in a transatlantic accent. 
this is, uh, 1938. It was quite a bit further back than I would might have guessed for this kind of technology. I was assuming it was like yeah. a post-war thing meant to cater to newly growing American suburbs, but mm. uh, I guess it was before that particular war. Apparently, one of the motivations for the product invention was the whole Lindbergh baby incident, uh, which is yes. awful, but uh, an understandable reason to want some kind of nighttime surveillance in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the radio nurse was developed by Zenith executive Eugene F. McDonald and designed by Japanese-American sculptor and product designer Isamu Noguchi. It's actually a pretty hmm. cool-looking thing for how old it was. It looks kind of neat. I'll maybe I'll post a, picture to, uh, post a link to the picture of that. It's kind of cool. Nice, nice. The product encountered technical problems because it shared a radio frequency with other new consumer technologies, including mm. car radios and garage door openers. One oh, of which no. I expected, and the other of which was a hilarious surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, very unfortunate. I wonder what that would do. Yeah, if the baby makes a noise and a garage opens somewhere, or if someone's trying to open their garage door and... Explodes the baby. I don't know what it comes to. <laughs> <It> just <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, these weird glitches have persisted in different forms to this day, despite multiple changes to the technology involved. But we can talk a little more about that later on. Mm. Uh, video monitors started to pop up in the 90s. And as prices dropped in the aughts, they would start to become more commonplace. Now we have you know, a lot of Wi-Fi-based audio and video uh, coverage of the old babes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the use of infrared lights allows for night vision mode mm. in all these videos, which is the reason why every baby monitor image looks like a still from Paranormal Activity. Right. And this brings us more or less up to the present and the weird shit people have seen and heard once they start watching and listening to a dark room all through the night. Mm. Uh, Here's a fun one from an Ask Reddit thread back in 2014 submitted by a redheaded bug, which is a very difficult name not to read in a neutral milk hotel voice. Uh, My daughter is now almost two and has long since moved out of the house, now moved into her own room. (laughs) (laughs) We have one of those video monitor things. Or you can see slash hear the baby on this little TV thing, or you can turn the picture off and just get sound. So one night, maybe a month ago, I'm sitting in bed, scrolling through Reddit or something, and I start hearing my baby babbling to herself. Oh boy. Now it's really late, like one or two in the morning. Much later than she's ever awake unless something is wrong and she is sick or cutting a tooth or something. So I turn the picture on the monitor on and see her standing up in her crib, facing sort of diagonally away from the camera. Oh boy. Already a good sign. Uh, I can see her hands in front of her, but only like half of her face. Now's a good time to mention that we have been teaching her ASL since she was about three months old, and she has been responding and conversing in, uh, to, in signs since about 10 months. Oh boy. Uh, I can see her signing things like nice and silly and fun, and oddly enough, no, don't like, and bear. What the hell? Okay, okay. Of course, being the good and loving mother I am, but really just not wanting to deal with an overly sleepy baby in the morning... I get up to see what the heck she's doing. When I get to her room, she is standing up and signing slash babbling toward the far corner of her room. I ask her what she is doing and who she is talking to, and she signs, as best she can, friend, which she does with her whole hands and not just her index fingers, and signs bear again. I tell mm. her that no, bear, who is actually one of her stuffed toys, is in bed behind her, not in the corner of the room, but she just giggles at me and signs silly and mommy. I can see she is wide awake, so I sit down on the rocker next to her bed and try to figure out what woke her up. But all she will tell me is friend and bear, Hmm. and occasionally duck down like she's hiding and making shh noises. Hmm. Uh, I finally get fed up and ask her who friend bear is, and her response literally gave me chills because she doesn't speak well yet, but she managed to say very clearly and with the most serious face a 20-month-old can pull off, no name, no name, shh. Hmm. Well, now I am well and truly freaked out, so I tell her to ask no-name bear friend to go home because it is too late to play, and I did what any good loving mother would do. I gave her a pacifier, went back to my room, turned off the monitor entirely, and hid under the covers in my room where my husband could protect me from nameless invisible bears. Aww. So what do you make of this one? That one's pretty believable. It, like, doesn't, you know, it doesn't jump the shark like some of those Reddit posts do. Oh, totally, and, yeah. Uh, it's... Within the realm of just a daughter being creepy for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. just because she's perhaps pretending that there's a spooky bear friend thing in the room doesn't mean that it really was there, but it would be extremely unnerving to experience that for sure. Yes. Um, Or, you know, classic uh, make them up and uh, good for them. Fun. 
a nice story that never needs to go into crazy gear to still be effective right. and sweet. Yes. So assuming this was a thing that really happened, which again, it's, it was a response to an asked Reddit thread of, hey, anyone have any weird things happen with a baby monitor? This was like, hey, this one time my kid said this thing. So yeah, it seems like there's no reason to assume it wasn't real. Uh, but so as far as what the kid might have been experiencing, I thought at first, like, you know, the mom specifically said that the kid was wide awake. So I was thinking maybe she was dreaming at first and then woke up and then just kind right. of was sort of just going off of whatever she was dreaming about. Um, could just still be imagining stuff. So, I mean, being that young, who knows? Yeah. I also do wonder, too, because, like, she went in a, in a um, follow-up, like, in a response to one of the people responding to her. She was talking about, like, just describing the DVDs they've been learning, like, ASL for kids from, like, young kids from, and just, like, how many different words their kid was able to learn and, like, how what age she was able to start from and stuff. And interesting, I hadn't heard of the idea of teaching ASL to two children's before they were at a, <laughs> a, an age of being able to speak vocally. Um, so it's kind of cool to to see that it does make sense. you can you can tell that little kids can understand your words before they can say your words so i suppose mm-hmm. no reason to assume they couldn't do that and they can move their hands before they can get full command over their vocal cords so that mm-hmm. also makes sense too but i still nonetheless wonder how much the mom could have been interpreting the science she was seeing her own way mm. as far as like the the aspects of it that seemed a little bit more ominous like the, the weirder parts of it i don't know it could also be a combination of the two i don't know just some mm-hmm. kind of Weird nighttime thing. Yeah, it's spooky. But there are other baby monitor ghost sighting type things that occur, and uh, those are a little bit less convincing. So now we got some images I can share with you. Oh, yeah. Did you see that one video, though, of the one thing? I don't think I did. Oh, boy. I got one for you. Okay. Okay, we got ourselves... What is the caption? Possible ghost found on baby monitor camera. <laughs> Here is the... Baby monitor camera, what it looks like, and then there's the possible ghost situation. Oh. Hmm. Which I will actually admit, in seeing this up close compared to what I saw before, it does look a lot more like the shape of a person walking, but like kind of creepily weirdish looking. Yeah. Um but like you can see them coming in. Yeah, see them coming in and then going by. So probably just a person walking through the room. That's my wager. Yeah. Um, so that one's great. Here's another one. Which one is the possible ghost on baby monitor? Baby not in room. What do you think? <laughs> so a okay, whole lot so. to see here. Yep. It's just a room. And then we get a little zoomer in here. Uh, push it all the way up. Look to the left of the photo. I don't think there's any way that isn't a ghost. Oh, it's over here. These pixels. Uh, yeah. There's, I don't think there's any way that isn't a ghost, they say. Uh, woman, woman wearing, wearing a, dress? a dress it's just like blurry nothingness yeah it's a little maybe if i zoom out it'll be a little bit less it's almost clearer when you're not as as uh oh yeah it, but um it says skull slash mouth open two eye holes <laughs> and a mouth oh no <laughs> rest of the body having hard time manifesting but you can see through this but it's distorted making me think something is there mm. i mean the whole thing is extremely uh pareidolia my friend yeah absolutely and i think i have one more another ask reddit thread got this response from lenoctis back in 2014 in response to the prompt parents have you ever heard anything creepy or unexplainable through your baby monitor they said i actually have a picture from my baby's monitor that creeped the hell out of me one day when i checked on her during her nap it looks like a skull with glowing eyes laying in her crib oh god Ooh, that one's creepier oh yeah Okay, like, we're looking at a crib. There's the baby right here. Legs going slats. that way. Head right there. And it looks like just a glowing skull staring back at the camera. <laughs> and it's like just the top part. Like you can't see the jaw or the teeth or yeah, anything. It's, like it's just, just like if it's into like the bed. lurking up out of the bed somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very creepy. Very creepy. So they follow up saying, it was actually a toy car with a plastic bubble across the top. And the infrared huh. was reflecting off of it. There it is. So, yeah. They totally got to the bottom of it, but it's like a very creepy looking thing to see at first. And then it's like, oh, there's a total solution there. Right. So I think I have, a, I'll, I'll wrap it up at the end with um, just the conclusion of the saga from that time article earlier. But let's just talk a little bit about why it is that children are so creepy to us or stuff involving children seems right. to always be such a scary prospect. 
Any thoughts on that, Mr. Um, Mr. Dr. Chow? Sorry. Hit, serve me up one more time. I'm trying to find this other video before we Actually, jump into Does one take a second to find it? Um. So, just check this out. All right. We got a video now. Ooh. ooh oh. And then the kid, like, sits up. Yeah. Damn. Okay. This one, so, I was like, ugh. Got the camera's at, like, a Dutch angle, which adds to the effect, but then you see... Yeah, this like semi-transparent figure walking across the room, like out of the room, and the kid immediately stands up and is like looking over in the direction of kind of where that came from. Man, that is very interesting. This one gave me the heebie-jeebies yeah. for sure. You did a better job than me of researching my topic. Pa, but thank you. <laughs> um. Okay. Yes. What do we make of? Why baby so spooky, right? Why baby so spooky? Um, babies are mysterious and very vulnerable, so it's very easy to project any kind of experiential quality onto them. Mm-hmm. I think, and because they're so sort of like you know proto-human <laughs> in that way, you know they can't speak yet; they're completely just absorbing like experience. Yeah. It's like very ripe territory for like this is this is a being that might be sensitive to or a conduit for things we just can't explain. Right. And uh, on the flip side of that, as far as the idea of, of babies and small kids being themselves super creepy, like let's just I'm gonna just go ahead and quickly do a Google image search for creepy baby monitor. Let's see what... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's... Every single picture ever taken on a baby monitor is awful. <laughs> it's all just because <laughs> of just the way... I'll, I'll share screen so you don't have to bother. Here we go. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Just look at all these things. It's just it's Ugh. just pictures of kids, and it's terrible. Part, oh, of it, part of it is because of just the nature of infrared light. Like, night vision is A pretty low light still and b it has a weird effect on certain surfaces so when it shines like on that plastic dome it reflected back at itself in a weird way that looked like two glowing eyes when it reflects on human eyes it bounces off of what like cornea in the back of your eyeball whatever that is i would say and, so and causes that reflection so it just looks like demonic glowing eyes this actually is when i saw pop up a couple times of like this image that people so that it's just someone leaning over uh a crib but they're making it like oh what is this scary thing we don't know what it is but it's like so a, it's clearly a, a person though it's so clearly a person and um, i think they're making it out like it's it's part of a, a, a roundup of stuff so it's like probably a clickbaity kind of image mm-hmm. but i think just the the way this person's hair it is, is still kind creepy, of though looks like a scary stars to tell in the dark kind of face if you yeah if you're true. if you're primed to think that's what it is then that's what it can seem like this this is reminding me very much of um I don't know if you ever saw the horror movie Wreck, R-E-C. Yeah, that uh, that is definitely the vibe you get from that right there. The, the finale scare, Oof. if anyone out there has not seen this movie, a lot of it trades on the idea that you are just like found footage, kind of a Blair Witch Project style, you know, watching the home video that someone, I guess, impossibly continued to film <laughs> yes. through a sort of zombie apocalypse type situation mm-hmm. inside of... An apartment building so it's very claustrophobic yes. but there's a big final scare where it's all in night vision so mm-hmm. the characters can't see anything except through the camera and we see a particularly ghoulish creature i'll leave it at that yeah the first time i ever saw i, I it was before i was um, aware like familiar with the movie at all i just saw a uh, a gif of that specific clip Ugh. online and it was i believe it was when i was uh house sitting um years ago all alone in the woods at this house uh i may have mentioned before the same house where i um i think it was the same weekend when i learned about creepypasta and the same house where i in the middle of the night decided to check out what their root cellar looked like in the kitchen and opened the door like oh no that's a trap door i should not have opened and definitely not at nighttime oh man and the same house where when i like the bed i slept in was facing stairs that went up into an open attic oh god jake it was a very scary weekend for me. It was also <laughs> it was also the weekend when I um, first learned about TV tropes dot uh, dot org, and so I lost a lot of time to that as well. <laughs> so I kind of Holy traded shit. off. Yeah, it was yeah a formative time for me. Wow. But oh anyway, this is all to say that yes, uh, night vision 
stuff tends to look real creepy. But the other thing I was going to say about this is the the flip side of the creepy baby thing. Like if you imagine creepy things happening around your children and interpreting what they seem to be experiencing as a creepy mm-hmm. thing, that can be creepy. But if you interpret them themselves as being creepy, like you think about the, the radiant boys and stuff, too, just the idea of children being <laughs> this sort of innocent type of uh, person who you don't expect to embody any kind of dark weirdness. So when anything seems off, it's like that much further off. It's almost kind of a behavioral uncanny valley situation. Right. Um, right. And that's why I think black eyed kids are such a creepy phenomenon. And any of these different images we just saw of uh, kids just like interacting with their baby monitor camera in a way that the parents were expecting becomes immediately terrifying. I did read (laughs) one story I'm preparing for this one of someone, uh, Suddenly here, just, just uh, um, I think it was, they had just had the audio on their monitor on, not the video. I woke up in the middle of the night to hear some, like, difficult breathing and uh, couldn't quite tell what, wake up what it was. So something weird was happening. So they turned on the camera part and their kid was just, like, fully in the, fr- like, covering the entire frame of the camera. Oh, like, my God. Straight at the camera and just kind of, they figured out the camera was there and were just whispering, Mommy, Daddy, I love you. Can I sleep Aww. in your bed? So very cute once you know what it is. But when you just hear this weird, like, labored, breathing, whispering kind of oh. thing happening, it's horrible. I think, too, I Lauren's can imagine... having a great time with the story. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, too, as parents, there's got to be an element of, like, what hath we rot? Like, yes. am I somehow part monster? Am I somehow part cursed right. if my kid comes out strange? <laughs> There's also an element to where I think that kids, because they're still just kind of learning about the world in different ways, depending on the age and stuff, haven't quite figured out what doesn't sound normal because they're just like, oh, I'm just like learning how to communicate stuff. So like say this kid signing certain words to their mom, who knows what they're trying to communicate there, too young for us to have any sense. But when you string together what you think they're saying, it's weird. When they get older- to go with that- Oh, sorry, Jake, go on. No, go ahead. But just to- trample over you um kids are kind of crazy for like <laughs> 10 years or more i mean they're yeah. just living living on another planet so yeah they're still trying to they're still learning what the world is and trying to interpret what that means and then also learning how to communicate that too so if they haven't quite got a handle on what the accepted way of doing all that is it's going to come out strange there was one time a few years ago when i still lived in new hampshire i was coming out of a grocery store or maybe i think i was coming out of walmart there was a big thunderstorm rolling in, so the sky was all dark and it was getting really windy. Mm-hmm. And I was just putting some stuff in my car, and there's a car next to mine, the family, and there was a kid who's maybe like, I don't know, six or seven. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of looked up at the sky and said, This is it. This is the day he does it. Oh my God. I was like, I was like Oh my God. What the hell could that possibly mean? You're just it shaking was, the kid. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> just picked him up by his lapels that he somehow had. Yeah. Who does uh, what? it was just yeah it was not just an ominous thing for a kid to say but also a very ominous atmosphere for him to deliver that line it was i'm sure it was was delivered just straight face too oh yeah he was so serious when he said it don't talk like that stop that so kids are weird and can be creepy things about kids happening near there's a lot of room for creepiness there and I think that tends to just cause people's imaginations to go wild. And that's most of what's happening with these baby monitor stories. So, like I said, I want to conclude with the end of the Time article saga earlier. I think you've already seen this, but I'll go ahead and share it anyway. Go on. So, here's, uh, here's what... Uh, so, as far, as far as Sybils could tell, there was a horrible little baby face staring up into the camera all night, right, like, right next to her child. But she couldn't find any sign when she went in to look at the crib in person. The article continues thusly. Once her son woke up on Friday morning, it was finally Sybil's chance to open the curtains and figure out what kind of witchcraft was underway. And she could see the truth clear as day. Her husband hadn't put the mattress cover on when changing the sheets, leaving a huge image of a baby's face embossed in the mattress label to shine through the sheets in the light of the baby monitor's camera. So let's take a look at that, shall we? Mm-hmm. So that's what she was seeing there, and that's yes. what it actually was. So it's a textured photo just stamped onto the old mattress of a baby just kind of looking up, making a weird old it baby is, face. It is a bit of an upsetting face, even <laughs> in the light of day, I will say. Yeah, it's not like a smiling baby. It's just kind of going, oh, 
And yeah, so, it's going, oh. And, it's, and the exposure is such that its eyes and mouth are both on the darker side, so it's going to look a bit weirder. And that's the thing. That's another thing that's cool about infrared light is the way it can sort of penetrate stuff that normal, like, um, visible light can't. So mm-hmm. it was going through the sheets and getting that image to come out of it in a way that was just uh, very upsetting oh by night God. vision. That's why we uh, use like satellites with infrared. It's how we find a lot of really cool stuff like um, mm-hmm. pyramids uh, buried under the sand in Egypt, other kind of uh, structures like temples and, and, and pyramids in the mm-hmm. jungles and stuff of uh, Central and South America, um, things that you can't see just looking down with your eyeballs or, or cameras <laughs> in the visible range, but you get down into infrared just below the visible range, that mm-hmm. wavelength can do a little more. And uh, it's a weird thing. But it yeah, is that's a weird thing. So that's what I got for my uh, Creep of Babies. I loved it very much, which is to say it was creepy. <laughs> and it was babies. So it was very babies. I think there's just one more thing we need to do today jake and that is thank a patron to our patreon using this machine we have here the nc AAA device an ancient kind of spooky computer that uh we created for something else and now we use basically just for this and this is the pander function which is the one program we run run on the machine other than uh one other one that we won't talk about right now or probably ever again for another few months and pander is the patron appreciation neural dive for evaluation of risk it's exactly what it sounds like we will punch in an awesome patron's name from our patreon and calculate or really the machine will calculate uh exactly which cryptid creature ghoulie uh, whatever kind of strange thing out there in the world that patron needs to be on the lookout for, we will, of course, do this first by plugging the NC AAA device into our brain. Oh, begin by turning it uh, turning it on. and then Oh, play. I always almost yeah. do it. I did that one time, and it did not go well. I forget what episode that was, because <laughs> I kind of blacked out, but that's fine. So turn it on here. There we go. Now we'll plug it in. Order of operations is very important. All right, so now we're going to focus in on... Alana C. of Columbus, Columbus, Mississippi. Uh, I hope you are safe right now. Mississippi, Wyatt, not Missouri. MS. Oh, MO is Missouri. Yeah. Don't tell me. I've said it twice already. (laughs) And the machine is beeping it in my ears over and over again. Just say it. Say the state. (laughs) Say it, Wyatt. Say the state. (laughs) Why don't I know it? (laughs) What's happening to me? Uh, Uh, Mississippi. Yeah, there we go. Beware Wait, is it Mississippi yes. MI? No, that's Michigan. Oh my god. Alright, everyone, I have to leave the show. <laughs> Alana, beware the creeping horror of Giglioli's G- Whale. G- Giglioli's Whale. <laughs> uh, it's a purported species of whale observed <laughs> by Enrico Hillier. I'm guessing it's Italian, so I'm going to go with Giglioli. It is described to have two dorsal fins, a feature which no known whales have. It is abominable. <laughs> yes. Look at that motherfucker. Look at his He's face. Looking, Look at his fucking face. Look at that whale. Like how I felt when I did not know <laughs> Mississippi. On September 4th, 1867, on board a ship called the Magenta. Mm-hmm. About 1,200 miles off the coast of Chile, the zoologist spotted a species of whale that he could not recognize. So he decided it was a brand new one. <laughs> it's kind of the uh, the pleasures of the 1800s, I would say. Pretty much, yeah. So he decided it was a new thing, and it was huge, uh, like 60 feet long. Thought uh, it had two dorsal fins and uh, long sickle-shaped flippers, and uh, there's stuff that I can't imagine how he would have seen from on top of the ship but he sure did so you know if you find yourself alana off the coast of chile or anywhere in the pacific ocean or just near the sea at all and you see a whale with two dorsal fins just get the heck out of there get back to shore as fast as you can because gigliolis whales 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 for you don't get you and Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. We really do appreciate it. Um, you yourself could have your name entered into the Pander function 
at any of our awesome tiers. We have three of them. Mm-hmm. One is good, one's great, and one is even better. Um, mm-hmm. Other special things you can get include membership in the Glug Sucks, which we'll <laughs> leave that to you to figure out online. Uh, bonus outtakes. Uh, Jake edits down all of these episodes to just the parts that are good, and then the parts that are great we leave for <laughs> the outtakes. There's also bonus minisodes, which we do record and do release. <laughs> and I swear. Uh, you might even expect a couple more coming your way very shortly. But they should be out each week uh, in tandem with the main episodes. But mm-hmm. those are all behind the Patreon private access portal. You know, we've had the Patreon for a while. It's been very slow growth, but steady. We would love to really go for it. Yeah, this summer, we would like to try and hit 100 patrons by the end of August. So once we get there, regardless of when we get there, we will do something called Achieving Democracy. <laughs> this is actually a, a concept I've stolen right from our, our friend of the show, Alex Schmidt, Schmidt of the Clam, who was on a few episodes back. Um, he is on his, po- his podcast, which uh, involves um, patrons can submit topic suggestions every month and then... All of them will vote on those topics and we'll do whatever wins every single month. We'll do an episode that you choose. Oh, yeah. You're still, of course, encouraged to send us any idea you have, regardless of whether you subscribe to our Patreon. Do that at contact at superdepositions.com. We always love hearing from you. Any topics you want to share, any stories of your own you want to send our way, we love to hear it and we would not dream of paywalling that. The difference here is that instead of waiting to do a topic until the inspiration hits us just right, we have to do what you tell us pretty much right away. So it's a cool way to just uh, get to engage with other listeners and decide what you want this show to be about. And if you pick dumb topics... You're going to get dumb episodes. You're gonna, the show is just going to deter- deteriorate, so uh, <laughs> I guess that's good. Yes, but that's just a perk that'll happen whenever we hit 100 patrons. Whatever, big fucking deal. If we do that before the end of August, oh, buddy, you're going to want to be part of it because those first 100 patrons are going to get the one-time bonus perk of a gorgeous, super-duper-citious Belgian beer glass. Oh, my. That's one of those sexy-ass tulip glasses with our sexy-ass logo right on it. I mean, what more could you ask for other than a fine beer to pour into that glass? Yes. And quaff along with us, Mm -hmm. go back to the old episodes and go like, you know... Hey, I'll do it too. <laughs> I'll do my review, and you could do it and <laughs> show your friends. This is only for our first 100 patrons. Exactly. And only if we get 100 by the end of August. So if you've been on the fence about joining until now, this is time to do it. And if you're already a patron, you know, lean on your family and friends. Get them involved. Yeah. Tell folks about the show. Even if they don't want to join the Patreon, these people to listen to the show. Just, just spread the word. See if we can get to 100 and get... You guys, some cool stuff. We're only going to do this once because good God are the logistics awful. And we're not going to sell these glasses on the shop. This is just a special thing for our special patrons. So subscribe. Don't miss out on this once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate your yeah. your listening. You can also support us, as uh, Wyatt tried to say earlier, uh, for free by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, your your words of of kindness and hatred uh, <laughs> get get us going. As long and, as uh, you can hate the show as much as you want, as long as you just hit five stars. <laughs> yeah, say yeah, exactly. Say it's terrible. Um, Encourage because that helps people find the show. And if you want them to know how much you hate it, then that's a better way for them to know about it. So <laughs> exactly, um, and they'll just know that you have bad taste. So <laughs> do do that. Do catch up with us next week. We'll be back with another topic and it's going to be the beginning of august around Around the world world. i almost forgot to buy my tickets oh my goodness i can't wait to get on that plane Mm -hmm. that's right so we will whisk ourselves away somewhere and you'll be forced to come with us through the power (laughs) of audio and uh until then goodbye